so now we're recording. Okay, raise your hand and I'll name you for the recording if you weren't here at 6.30. No, we won't do that. No. Okay. So, read along with me. Wait, 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 wait. What'd you say? Where'd you get A-O? I know exactly what you did, but do you know what you did? Park alone. Remember the accent's here, park alone. So where did you get park alone? Or in your um, somewhat Jamaican accent, A-O. Yes. Now, be careful of that, folks. You know, we, we do that in English sometimes, too, because I have spoken about that a lot. And Parcaleo is the um, lexical form. But this is Parcalo. Okay? And it's very similar. But it parses a little different. So be careful. And sometimes it will actually be a different word. I mean, just a, a letter out of place or a different ending, but it can actually be a different word. So, parkalo Somebody say it loud enough for the people listening to hear. Un. Okay, it's got the hard breathing mark. So you guys would say humas, and I would say himas, or himas. It's still, the breathing mark actually is not an accent, but that's where the accent would go. And this? Boy, I heard all sorts of high noise. Okay. And, or adafi. I'm just going to keep, you know, what are we lobbying? There we go. Yeah. Is anybody having trouble with my writing? The next one I, I was thinking about it before, but now I get it. From here, it's a different. Okay. This one? Yeah, it's like a T U R Oh, okay. Because I'm noticing it, you seem to have less on that front line. And part of it is you're just getting used to it. Okay? And the more you get used to it, the more, just like you could read handwriting, I dare say. If all of you hand-wrote the same thing on a card and we passed it around, you could probably all read each person's, okay? Because as much as we joke about it, it's pretty rare somebody's handwriting is so bad that no one can read it. But if you're not familiar with it, then it's harder. So three months ago, you guys were having a real hard time because it didn't look exactly like what you had printed in front of you. And now... I'm just pointing out, you, you have overcome that. You're becoming a lot more familiar and comfortable with it. So what is that one again? Tone? Now this is going to be a little bit different because I don't think you've run into this word yet. Say again? Okay. Ikimon. Okay. Even uh, the Erasmians would pronounce that with a long O. Because it's omega. Okay? What? I would say ikirmon. I have no idea how you guys would say it. 
Oikimar. Okay, so just oi instead of e. Okay. So the modern Greeks would would put um, a more of a long e sound on that. Okay. okay. Now remember to look for parts of it that you know. Okay, so the pot all of a sudden rolls off your tongue. You, somebody put an O in there that I don't find in there. Remember that little guy? That, what's that make it? <laughs> right, it's a sigma. So para, and that, can you see the, the wing on that? That's also a sigma. Parastise or parastase? side. Stay side? Okay, part of stay side. That was easy. <laughs> Say again? Yes, I know where you put a T in there. <laughs> Same reason he thinks we've got an epsilon over here. <laughs> yeah, some say somata, some say somata. Actually, it'd have to be somata. But yes. Yeah. Somata. Him on again. Okay, similar to this. What? Somebody say it loud enough for me to hear it. Okay, where's the where's the top? Yeah. Yeah. So, Erasmian Thucian or Thucian. Uh, modern Thucian. The modern just has a whole lot of hard E sounds everywhere. So fun. Okay, where's the breathing mark? Which way? So, Hagian. Okay. Now, sometimes it'll help you to remember the breathing mark and pronounce it because you're then going to connect Hagia. And that's actually used in words Hagia Sophia. We talked about that before and some of you went, huh? And some of you knew what it was. Hagia Sophia is what? Rebecca, huh? What? Hagia Sophia is the Orthodox version of the Vatican, basically. It is the name of a, a um, church building. A church building is obviously understated. Um, it's very famous. I'm trying to think of the right name for the Orthodox version of, uh, of a cathedral. There's a word. Basilica. Basilica, thank you. Which means, by the way, you know this, Basilea, Yeah, so Basilica, or Basilica, is a building, we already know that. It's related to a kingdom. So what building is related to a kingdom? The castle. Okay? Okay. So Hagian. This is another one I don't think you've run into yet. Say again? Is it 
Okay, you're very, if you're pronouncing it my way, you're there. <laughs> if you're pronouncing modern pronunciation, otherwise it would be you, you are, you are restaurant. Okay? Say it again. With a B. Yeah. Yeah, the epsilon, um Diphthong, thank you. Boy, this is going to be a long night. <laughs> the epsilon, epsilon diphthong is pronounced ev, as in evangelistic, which is where we get the English pronunciation of it. Okay? Whereas in the uh, Erasmian, it's you, um, which is where we get, because the you is a prefix, meaning... Good. So, again, you don't have to agree with the concept. Euthanasia, thanatos, death, euthanasia, a good death. Okay? So not agreeing necessarily that it's a good death, but that's where we get the word. Okay? To, the, oh. Remember the, the accent. Or teen? Say again, louder. Good. Logikin or logikin. So it, you can tell a lot of these, the pronunciation is so similar that it almost sounds like you're just using a little different accent. And then? Now this one you do put a top in. So I think you, you snake bit on the toss. You don't want to do that. Patreon. Okay. Um, or latrion, depending. Okay. And then one more pronoun. Pronoun. Now, we just read a verse in the Bible. You know some of the words. So last week we pointed out one of the things you can do when you first see something like this, um, even if you've got the passage open, and, and most of the time you're going to have it open, and you're going to have numbers that we recognize, and so you're going to know where you are. And the problem with that is you're going to be tempted then to read what you remember already into the translation. And that can get you in trouble. I remember being extraordinarily humiliated in graduate work because I was being asked to translate something, and he kept, the, the prof was just literally leaning over me, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So I got a little lazy, and what do you do when you get a little lazy? You rely on your memory. And the problem is that the standard translation was mistranslated a wee bit, and so I gave him the standard because he was pushing so hard, which told him, yeah, I just pulled one, you know because I didn't translate it again. And uh, never did that again, by the way. So be careful of doing that. Now, what words do you recognize? Tim. <laughs> Park alone. All right, we got one that we recognize. What does that mean? 
Okay? Literally, what does it mean? You know this. You may not know you know this. Para? What? No, para. Along. Kalo? Call. I mean, that's easy because that's what we've talked about that where we got the English word. So call along or call alongside. Now, can anybody begin, you're not going to finish it, but begin to parse it just by looking at it. Is it a noun or is it a verb? What's the key uh, that I'm trying to drop a hint about? Yes, 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 yes. When you see an omega on the end, almost always, and I frankly can't think of an exception, but I'm sure there are, um, that's a verb. So now we know it's a verb about calling alongside, which we would normally translate encourage, comfort, help, um, there's all sorts of, of words, um, beseech, exhort, you know, we, we, can, we can make that go a lot of different ways. And because we can, it's important to keep in mind exactly what it means. But we know it's that instead of encouragement or comfort as a noun, okay? Un, what is that? You might remember from your vocabulary. Then or therefore. Um, in order, the, the two are, are doing the same thing. It's a conjunction, in essence, linking what happened before to this. But the question is, is it therefore? Or is it then, because both link. One of them links much more uh, intentionally causal. Does that make sense? Because of that, then this. Does that make sense? So the way you know that is generally going to be context. And since you don't have context up here, you don't know that right here. All right, what else do you recognize? What? Okay, what's that? Okay, brother or what would the ending for brother be? Yeah. Oh, that's not a signal. That's a sloppy. There we go. So with that iota instead of a sigma, what does that indicate? Yes. And again, one of these, I, I even hesitate to call it rules because it applies on, I don't know, half the situations, but certainly not all of them, is in English, when, they, when, they add a, when you add an S, it's plural. In the Greek, when you take the S away, it's probably plural. Okay? So, brothers. What else? 
Through? And through can through meaning what? Use through in a sentence. Please. Well, then I didn't hear through. Please use through in a sentence. can do all things through Christ. Now please use through in a different sentence with a different meaning. I will be passing through Anaheim Hills on the way home tonight. It's the same through. And it's even, it's, it's a similar meaning. Okay? So again, how are you going to know? Does this mean through as in I'm going in between or from one side to the other? Like I'm going through Anaheim Hill tonight on 91? Or does it mean through Jesus Christ, which is an agency? It's Jesus. It's not that I'm going like from one side of Jesus to the other. Right? It's that Jesus is the way I'm doing that. Okay? How do you know? Context. Yeah, almost every time I say that, well, 50% of the times I say that, you can say context. You got a one out of two shot. Okay? So, yeah, and here again, context is going to help you with that. Now, you got almost the entire first line. And if you think just a minute, you'll get the rest of the first line. What is that word that's not underlined? Does anybody recognize that word? Does anybody recognize that word? It's a pronoun. You. And what's the little trick that helps you remember that's you? And which you it is? Is it, is it you or is it y'all? Which one? You think it's plural, but you're not sure. How much would you bet? Just curious. Aha! Uh-huh. So there's an agreement. We know that's plural, so that's plural too. And just to mess you up, it has a sigma at the end of it. But it's a pronoun. Come on. Okay, so himas, um, that one actually is not this that tells you it's plural. It's that. Because there's another pronoun very similar, but it's not the same. Okay, so now we've got yous, or y'all. Probably not y'all. I think Paul is from, I don't know, northern Mediterranean. Okay, what else do you recognize? 
quickly, second line. What do you recognize? Yeah. Okay. And tuteu, tuteu, it's hard to get the accent right where it goes there, is simply the article that goes with it. You'll notice agreement. Okay? So, you don't have to know how to parse it yet to know that that's about God, right? Everybody knew it was about God. I didn't give that away, right? Okay. Now, do you recognize anything else on that line? I will say I would be surprised if you did, but I wanted to give you a chance. Because it's not anything we've gone over. Okay, third line. What? Okay, we've got the pronoun again, although a different ending, which means it's going to parse a little bit different, and when we translate it, it's going to tell us how it's used, what part of speech it's filling. What else? Is it a life word? I like that. There's life words. Are there death words? Why would you think it's a life word? Familiar with that right there. Yes. Okay. And? Yeah, we already went over that one, so don't throw it away now. Got that one. And there's one other that you should probably recognize. You just aren't letting yourself yet. You even used it in an English word before we started tonight. Not about skunks. Pronounce it. Pronounce it, please. The word. I said the first one. Somata. Somata. Okay. And the accent can move with its ending. So what? Ah, soma is body. So when you this, just the first four letters is body. Then you add ta. What does that do? Does anybody know? I'm not trying to trick you. But does that? Yes, indeed. (laughs) Hello. It does much the same as that iota does. It's a different declension. So, for example, charisma comes into English as charisma, right? That's singular. We have a word called charismatic, and that's based, oddly enough, off the plural, charismata. 
And all I, all I did is just add the top alpha. And what's the difference between a charisma and charismata? One single and plural? Yeah. It's just single and plural. When you see, almost any time you see the mata, whoops, well, that's a plural ending. Okay? So it's not body, it's bodies. Which fits what? Plural. Yeah, we've got the plurals up here already, so now we come down here and it's still plural. So even without, we, we haven't translated it yet, we don't know what it's saying yet, but we know that there's a consistency and it's talking about brothers and their bodies apparently, or at least bodies. We haven't established there except that's what that means. Um, so yes, we have. Now, next line. What do you see that you recognize? Start with the easy one. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the reason it can hang you up is we're used to seeing the theta, epsilon, omicron. But remember, the omicron is part of the ending. So the theta, epsilon, Omega shifts the Omicron by changing the ending. So it's the O instead of the A. Okay? And it is what? Okay. And we've got that. Pretty sure, I don't have the text in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that I failed to put a subscript. Yeah, I'm going to There we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, and the reason you know that is the reason he was seeing it right there, and it's that word match. Just as you go up here, and if you had a singular and a plural, something's weird. Okay. Okay, is there anything else on that line that you recognize? What? Lucky King? Yeah? What about it? <laughs> I love the certainty that just oozes out of here. Okay, and what do we think this shit means? Well, let's just, or no, real quick, so we can get out of trouble. <laughs> Let me explain something to you, which I thought you of all people would understand. This is Brian. I'm Randy. This is scary. I'm not scary. <laughs> so you need to go, or no, with him. Yes. So you've got the, the root of Lambda, Omicron, Gamma. Okay. And what English word comes out of that? Where do you, yeah. You've got then also the Ota and a Kappa. There is no C in Greek. Logic. That's where we get it. It's, it's transliterated from that word. 
Now, the interesting thing is it may or may not mean logical, because remember we're talking about a word that is 2,000 years older than the way we use logic today. But you will definitely see a link to the meaning one way or the other. Logos, for example, means what? Word or to, to flesh out word. Concept, idea. Okay, so logic is a string of concepts or ideas that, that go together well. That's just a, a dirty translation, quick and dirty translation of logic. Okay, and that's why the word logic comes from that root word. Okay, I'm smelling skunky again. Does any other word there come to you? Yes, exactly. Because you've got the agreement there, so that's your tip-off. Last word. You already had the underline. That's the same thing. The last word you said? Yeah. I said, is there any other word up there? There you go. Well, if you want to say up there, does anybody know what that word is? I'll be impressed, other than you. You had a master's in it, I'm not impressed anymore. I'm sorry. Impressed with the master's, not with the word. Okay, it's a really cool word, by the way, but we, I'm not going to zero in on it yet. Now, what's next for that passage? You've got that passage in front of you. You've looked it over. You've recognized certain words that kind of give you an idea of what it's about, maybe even fuel your imagination or your curiosity. But what's next? If you're going to study this, what should you do? translate it without that, but you're going to know where it is if you, if you go further in your study. It'll, trust me, you're going to know where it is because it's a very common passage or a commonly quoted passage. Okay, when in doubt, look something up. What can you think of to look up? I'm going to start with the concordance. What concordance? Uh, an exhaustive. Okay. Oh, uh, a Greek concordance. Well, there's Greek, yes. You want to go there. I, I would suggest, though, that there's words you already know you might want to parse first. Now, there's two ways you can do that. One is your little magic plastic sheet. Uh, the other is a resource that parses for you, whether it be the app, uh, the wave, wave, or using what resource that's in print. What book would you use if you're not using WAVE? And that, yeah, you're being quiet. Why are you being quiet? <laughs> Analytical Greek Lexicon. Analytical Greek Lexicon, thank you. So somebody please look that up in the Analytical Greek Lexicon, because we already know pretty much what the word means, 
but we haven't parsed it, so we don't know how it's being used in the sentence. And that's kind of important. Here's another one if somebody wants one. There you go. Remember, you have to be, this is almost like a computer. You cannot get one letter out of place or it'll take you somewhere else. Okay, first person, singular, present, indicative. Indicative is the simplest one. What does indicative mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's action. Okay? It is first person, singular. So what pronoun would you use for that? So I am presently doing something, or indicatively, presently. Uh, presently means it's not in the past necessarily, probably not, and it's linear. And then, did you say active? Is there A on that somewhere? No, wait. It doesn't say passive. No, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Nominative singular masculine. Yeah. No, nominative singular masculine would be a noun. No, the question. Let me excuse me. Let me see the tool. Is that it, right there? Am I missing something? Then it takes me to the uh, okay. word, which is the one that. Yeah, parkaleo. So let's go to parkaleo. And. And the O with it, that is... Oh, that, that, okay. Okay. Interesting. Because <laughs> it's not showing, okay? <laughs> you got it. I have it here. What are we looking for? Just the word active. And in that particular line, it's not showing it, which is a glitch in that particular book. Because it, it shows it online. Go ahead. It is active, <laughs> and it is helpful to know that. So I am doing something as opposed to something being done to me, okay? And since we know what the word means already, what am I doing? I encourage. But it's present. So I encourage you would be a valid translation, but it has the meaning of... I keep on encouraging you. I, I'm still encouraging you. I continue to encourage you. Okay? It's, it's linear. It's ongoing. There's not a starting here. Because the starting would be not present, but what? Aorist. Because it starts at a point. Okay? So, I encourage you, then or therefore... Brothers, this is the you, by the way. Okay? I encourage, therefore, you, brothers, to be wooden, through, or by means of, or on account of, uh-oh, it's not underlined in green. So now what tool do you use?
critical, but if you, if you don't know what the word means, you might want to go to a regular. Um, and, and there's two ways you can do this. A regular one, uh, well, the problem with that one is it starts with English. So you've got to know the Greek word to go to it. So you probably want to want to start with this one, or Thayer's, which is another version of this. This is Art and Gingrich. And there's two ways this can happen. One is you just go to it, and you're going to see something very similar, but that is not the lexical form. So it's going to have a little bit different ending. Or you can start with the analytical, and it will give you not only the parsing, but the lexical form. And then you can use the lexical form that you see to go back to that and get a fuller definition. Now, the analytical will give you probably a word or two words. So you've got something going on there. Okay? In, the case, in this case, that's probably going to be good enough. But you don't know that yet. That's the problem. When you come to this, it's not going to be good enough, I'll guarantee you. Because the meaning of this one is far deeper and richer. And since you don't know the meanings, the only way you know that is to look them up. Does that make sense? I see blank looks. Uh, is everybody with me? Okay. So use whatever of the two methods I just said that you wish. Find out what the meaning of that is. adjectives. And that's, that's the problem with not doing the analytical first, I think, is because you've got the, the root word, but now you're trying to figure out what exactly does it, is the, the use in that context, and now you have to go to the analytical, because it's a noun, but not an adjective. So merciful or compassionate is an adjective. Uh, yeah, you've got you've got the word the here. Yeah. And if you once you get used to this, what you're going to see is that ending omicron ypsilon is of most of the time the of God. So the whatever these things that means the ones of God. And that, that's just the format the Greeks would use. Okay? So, now we have that word, but we're going to turn it into a noun instead of an adjective. So what word would it be? By, um, is it singular or plural? How do you know? What? You didn't say anything. See this cord? This little microphone here? It doesn't see your finger. Okay. The analytical says it's plural, which, again, helps you understand a little bit because the concept, well, I guess it could be the mercy of God, but the mercies of God fits a little better. Now, how many of you, by the way, have heard this, are beginning to say, wait a minute, that sounds familiar. By the mercies of God, 
Well, because of the mercies of God, I encourage you, beseech you, exhort you, therefore, brothers, brothers, by or through the mercies, the ones of God, now there's this. And even contextually, what can you expect this to be? What part of speech? What? Yeah. We got all these other things. We're, we're getting kind of dry and hungry for a verb here. So now we got a verb. But what verb is it? By the way, um, Brian's little hint earlier also helps because you do not see an article. So you know it's not a noun. Or at least if it is a noun, it's an arthritis. And that more likely is a verb. And if you remember some of the declensions we used, that's a very common verb ending. But all of that is just helping you kind of feel it. When you look it up in the analytical, you're going to know it. So please do that and tell me what that word is. can't believe you guys aren't smelling that. You smelling it? Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and by the way, if you run up to one, back away quietly and slowly. <laughs> this time, no. We've, I've seen dozens of them here before, but this is a favorite place. Yes. <laughs> well, they, they, you'll see them but they're nocturnal and they don't like company. So there's a lot of people right now and they're likely to just hide away until everybody leaves. Are you on the trail of it or are you guys stuck? Yeah, I see frustration on your face. Okay. So para. No, it's para. Okay. So the reason you're confused is you're not seeing the exact, and the reason you're not seeing the exact is you're you're going to the broader first. So you're going to hit something like this and hope it's right. But if it's not, then unfortunately you're probably not going to know yet. So the way to avoid that to go to this first. Now, may I? Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. So, para, there's my sigma, there's my, we're getting almost there. Stisa, para, Okay, does that look the same? Yeah. Okay, now, what is it? Okay, so she's found parastisa in an analytical. What does it say? Uh, 
Okay, so it's Arist. Arist, first person, infinitive, which means, by the way, it's clearly a verb, because nouns can't be Arist. So Arist is punctiliar, which means to start or to do something at, at a point rather than continuing action. Right? Infinitive means what? What? As earlier. Did we do infinitive? Pretty sure we were on indicative. Okay. So infinitive is direction. What English word tips you off for infinitive? Two. And so two, then what's the basis of the word itself? What's the core meaning of the word. Does it say that in the analytical? Okay, so you guys have already done the root word. Now, where did you get the root word? We want, to, we want everybody to be able to do this. So, you've looked up the exact form. Where? So, where are we again? Okay, and see this? Uh -huh. So that's the root word right there, but it's steamy. So now that's the one you want to look up here. Mm -hmm. Okay, now guys, listen up, because there's a basic process here you want to make sure you're, you're getting down. When you look in the analytical, at least most of the formats, it's going to take you to a line, and on the right side, it lists the root word. However, rather than printing it over and over and over and over, it has the Latin id, which is basically quotation marks, okay? At least it does in this one. So then you go to the first full word above it, because that's the quote, and it's telling you that's the word. Are you seeing that? So that's the word now that you want to look up in Art and Gingrich or Thayer. Is that making sense? So look that one up. Let's give, if you've got it, hold it for a moment. Let's, let's try to get everybody together on it. Wave at me when you've got the word. Was that a wave? Yeah. Was that a buzz off? Okay. Is anybody having trouble finding the word? Do you have it or are you just being stoic again? I have it in the analytical lexicon. Do you know what the word means? You've got the meaning. Okay. Fair enough. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I'm going to fast forward you just a little bit, and it's all about the alphabetical order. So it's D, but wait a minute, it's para. Maybe you were right because I'm forgetting what the paristimi. Okay, so it is E. You know and over that alpha in my, and we don't want the alpha. There we go. Yeah, see that alpha? We don't want that alpha. So we're both kind of just not even seeing the alpha and forgetting it's there, which makes it really difficult to look up because it's very unforgiving. Our E, okay, now parties to me. There you go. some years, is we totally staring at it space the fact that there's an alpha in there. And we kept trying to find the word. We're looking it up alphabetically, but uh, there's not an alpha in the word we're looking up, but there was an alpha on the page we're looking at. We're looking at the wrong page, and we couldn't figure out why it's there until all of a sudden, oh wait, there's an alpha in the way. So you know, you make silly mistakes like that even in English, but in Greek, you're going to do it way more because we don't use the alphabet near as much. But it will not forgive you when you do that. You're stuck until you figure out what you're doing. Now, what does that word mean? Okay. To, to present. Um, place yourself would be a, a bit over because that's a middle voice. The reason I chose out of all of this was because I've already, I recognize some of them. Yeah. Right. And, and even if you know, one of the, the exercises that's good for you is, for example, you just said middle. You said present yourself when you were, when you were writing out. That's a middle. So we got to wait. We got to make sure. Is it is it middle? There's active. There's middle. There's passive. So which one is it? It's active. Now the fact of the matter is that's intuitive, and we were right. But there's times when you're going to look that up, and you're going to say, "Wait a minute, that's middle. What's that about?" Or that's passive. What's that about? Because it's being translated probably idiomatically. Remember? We've got the line from that which is supposedly academically uh, accurate, what Brian referred to last week as wooden. And then on the other side, we've got dynamic equivalence, which is, okay, in our language, how does that come across? But sometimes the meaning or at least part of the meaning is lost in making that choice. So it's a good practice if you're thorough to do that. Now, if you're just generally studying it, then yeah, that, you're probably going a bit too far with it. You know, you, there's a certain level where you, you could spend 
an hour on every one of those words. My, my hunch is that's probably not productive, right? So there's times when you're going to say, no, that word is so important, I'm going to ferret that out. And there's other times when uh, your intuition is saying, I'm, I'm wondering. Follow the intuition. If nothing else, it's fun. Okay? And frankly, there's other times when you just have some time. Um, I, I've got a guy in my study who just said, yeah, I just had some time, so I just played. And he spent several hours going off on what ultimately were mostly wild goose chases, tracking down every little bit. But every now and then, he comes up with that little kernel of something that's really got some pretty solid meaning that he wouldn't have found otherwise. Okay? So for the most part, we're not going to do that at this level. We're going to trust the translators somewhat. So this is to, to do what? What was the meaning of the word? Present, I believe. Um, hand over. Okay. Literally, it's what? Okay, or place para alongside. And you get this picture of somebody giving something, putting at somebody's feet or something like that. Okay? Now, you're doing that, but what are you doing that? You're placing something. What are you placing? Present tasomata himon. Present the bodies of you. That's the wooden. So yes, English, present your bodies. Now is it becoming more familiar? Yes. Thesion, zosan, hagian. On, on, on. You see a trend? Okay. And you now probably have this voice in the back of your head saying, you know what that says already. So, okay, let it be there, but check it. Theseon, or Theseon, excuse me, is what? Does anybody recognize the, the word itself? Okay, somebody look that up for me real quick. By the way, if you're using one of these, this is the text, okay? Uh, right now we have at least two of these. I think there's a third, yeah. Um, in the back, you've got the same kind of thing you get in your English Bibles. You've got a little lexicon. It, it is not exhaustive. So it's not going to give you everything. No, this is not a concordance. It's a lexicon. Yeah, in, the, in your English Bibles, it's usually going to be a concordance. So because it's, it's Greek and because this particular Greek version is pretty much designed for people whose first language is not Greek, certainly is not 2,000-year-old Greek, it gives you the lexicon. So you can quickly go to the back of this if you wish, if you have one. And we talked about last week, that's one of the tools you're going to want to get hold of. But, unfortunately, it won't give you everything. I mean, again, look at the size of this one versus the Art and Gingrich. Right? 
So, Theon. Does anybody come up with it? Yeah. Wait a minute, you just made a skip. So, Theseon yeah. is accusative singular, okay, of Thesea. Oh, I guess I would... Would I keep going? Is that what I would do? Well, that's a different word. They're related, but that's a different word. Thesea is your reward. So now what you need is to know what that means. And this is an analytical, not a regular lexicon. So now you need that regular lexicon to find out what it means. So let's cheat real quick while he's over there and go to the back of his. And, because I'm, yeah, it does have it. So, Tisia. Okay. I left it open where you left it. Has everybody found that word? What is the word? Sacrifice or offering. What's the difference between a sacrifice and an offering? In English, what's the difference? When you hear sacrifice, what do you think of? I, I think of bloodshed. Because, I, I mean, remember, it's in context. In the New Testament, in the Bible, sacrifice is long knife plunged into the body of a sacrificial animal, right? Something we would see as barbaric, you know, we, we would be a bit freaked out by that. Um, there, are, there are cultures that still do this, by the way. Um, I, I always used to say, now, is there anybody here who's actually seen a sacrifice? And, was, you know, it was, all, it was rhetorical. Expect everybody know, of course not. And I was teaching a class about 20 years ago, and the lady in the back goes like this. I go, really? First time I've ever had, only time I've ever had anybody. She was a missionary in a very remote hill village in the Philippines that still practiced animal sacrifice. So for her, this is a whole different thing because she's got that image of this bloody mess that happens. Okay? But we think of giving something up. I'm going to sacrifice some time. I'm going to give up something. Okay? I, by the way, really doubt that any of us can truly sacrifice anything considering the fact that whatever we've got is not ours to start with. Think about that. Offering, we think of that, what, what, what context is offering in? When you hear the English word offering, what context is it in? What's the situation that that's done in? Where do you do that? Worship. Okay. Can you think of using the word offering not in worship? Okay. You can probably figure one out, but it's going to be pretty remote. So for the most part, you know, we've got connotations in English. Now, we can, for right now, and we're going to because we've got much more to play with, we can, we can leave that. 
But what if you come back after doing more and more study and say, you know, I'm just fascinated by this sacrificial thing. Now you have at least the beginning. Where would you, excuse me, where would you go to learn more about Thysia? Okay, so a next step might be Little Kittle, or even Vines. It's going to give you more than what you've gotten so far. And you do have English, sacrifice. And if, if the word is actually offering in King James, really good chance it's going to say, see sacrifice. So, you know, it's going to help you one way or the other. So now you're going to learn a bit more. And then, if that's not enough, you can go to full Kittle or you can go to a historical background commentary, or you can go to the Old Testament, uh, or for that matter, you can simply look at your New Testament and follow all of those little footnotes. And then wherever they take you, follow those. And wherever they take you, follow those. You're going to end up reading the entire Old Testament law because all of those are connected in those references, which, of course, has a lot to do with sacrifice and offering. But right now, we don't really need that, just, just to understand this so far. But there is something that's important for us, and, and sometimes it's important for us to just slow ourselves down. If sacrifice is the death of an animal, but he has said, what's that word? Living. Now, we, we know this now because we're all remembering the quote, but we saw the, the life word. We saw the, the life part of it already. So now we've got something quite unusual. Do you understand how unusual this is? Remember, we're, we're from a whole different culture, so we miss this. Living sacrifice. It's a contradiction in terms. Sacrifice is what you kill. You cut it up. You either eat it or you burn it all up. Paul says, no. Living sacrifice. So we've got 2,000 years of hearing this quote. But the people who heard this first are probably shaking their head. Like, what? What do you mean? Living Sacrifice. So maybe a better term in translation would be what? Hint, we all only talked about two of them. A living offering. Now that, to us, that has a little bit different meaning. Right? We're offering ourselves and we're offering our life. And that's exactly the point Paul was trying to make. You are the sacrifice. You're not going to present a sacrifice. You're going to present your bodies. You. God doesn't want you killed. He wants you alive, but he wants you alive for him. So you're going to offer those bodies to God. You had a subscript means locative or dative. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure. Give me either one. It's going to translate the same way. 
because we come out to the English infinitive to dot. So we, we get the meaning of it. Now all we're doing is fleshing out the rest of what Paul was saying. We know, for example, that this living sacrifice is what? Holy. Now part of that should be really obvious. Is there a possibility of an unholy sacrifice? But to them, that was holy. I mean, it's, uh, granted, we would look at it differently, but uh, certainly the guy whose heart they're tearing out probably wasn't jazzed. But to them, I mean, the, the, the bowl that would normally be offered is probably not real happy either. What does holy mean? Set apart. So it is living set apart. Set apart for God. But there's one other thing about being holy. What qualification is there for being holy? Close. What? Sinless. In a human terms, if I'm if I'm talking this, it's got to be pure, unblemished, un, untainted by uh, disease, by dirt, by any unholy thing that that uh, the law has said is unholy. Okay, because you do not offer to God that which is profane. Okay, it's an insult. Everybody got got that. This is this is part of their life. If they were Jewish or pagan, if they were worshippers of Apollos before they came to the Lord, the bottom line is they wouldn't have done that to him either, because they believe he's a god, and ticking him off by purposely offering him something profane would really not be real smart, right? Because you believe he's a god, so he's going to come down and kick you in the teeth for doing that. So it's, it's pretty important to understand. They understood totally, this has got to be pure, but this is us. So it's not, it's not this kind of pure, it's the sinless kind of pure, Leslie, that you were talking about. We're to offer our bodies for God's use, sinless. Which is going to be very important contextually in a moment. But we're not there yet. And then there's that word. What is that word? I'm not going to tell you. So, well, uh, 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 we don't guess in here. No. Remember me saying cheating is not possible? Guessing is cheating. So now it's possible. Okay, so everybody dive into a tool and get me that word.
Okay, hold on to it for a minute. You found it in Art and Gingrich? All right. That's a hint to anybody else. But I want everybody to go through the process. I want everybody able to do this. You've got it? You've got it? Did you've got it? Okay, what's the word? The English word? Yes. Or acceptable. Okay. Now, has anybody got the parsing? Yes. What is it? Say it again. What? Accusative feminine singular. Accusative feminine singular. Okay. So, the feminine part's interesting. Does that mean that doesn't apply to me? Because I have my feminine side, and I'm in touch with it? Why did you just laugh? How dare you? What does the feminine connote? What? No, no. Feminine versus masculine. Okay, it can be passive. Passive tense in our culture, that's, that sounds negative. Okay, it could be stable. It could be foundational. Uh, definitely, the cre- it almost could be left-right brain. That, that's a dichotomy you want to be careful of imposing on that. But there's certainly things that relate to it. In this case, it's also um, that culture, not as much as ours, but certainly did idolize feminine form as beauty way more than masculine form. So pleasing. Okay? All of those. Not in a bad way, not in an objectifying way. In a very positive way. Okay, so it's pleasing to God, and you see a comma. Where'd the comma come from? I did, but I added it because the Greek text that I was reading it from had it. And what? Yeah, the editor, the translators put it in. So if you don't like it, take it out. But it is, it's a hint in terms of how it's read. You had a question. Okay, that's oh, yeah, the one above it. Yes. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I'm the rookie. Okay, 
accusative singular noodle, neuter and accusative singular feminine. What it means is that unfortunately the neuter and the feminine are exactly the same ending. Yeah. So how do you know which? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you had a good chance of that being right. Whatever. I think it's probably because the first three were feminine Yeah. Yeah, contextually it does fit, but if you don't know that, or you haven't looked that part up, you don't know. All right. Good for you, Katie. And finally, your husband caught up to it. Let it be known by anybody for the decades to come that Brian was the second of the Jew family tonight to come up with that. I just did. It's been recorded. That is true. That is true. We were trying to be merciful and not, but so much for mercy. Okay. Mercies are up here. That winds beyond. Okay. Now, we come to another line. The last one of this sentence. By the way, what passage are we reading? Romans 12.1. Okay. So, King. The, okay, yes, that was the easy part. Logikin. Actually, Logikin. Okay, what is that? Reasonable. Reasonable. Did you look it up or are you guessing? Okay, so you've got an interlinear that's giving you a translation. Okay, which basically is the same as now that we are all on 12.1, Romans 12.1, looking at any other English translation, which is okay, except now you're saying, I'm not going to do the work, I'm going to let them do the work. Okay. Um, Well, it depends on the translation, doesn't it? Okay. So for the time's sake, I'm going to skip it, because we have a whole other sentence that I want to cover tonight. But I'm not going to skip the next one. So, the reasonable something or other of you. Everybody get of you? Because mm-hmm. we've, we've seen of you before. The bodies of you. Is it of you? It's actually of y'all. I don't know how. I mean, it's, it's plural. Okay. But there's something of you, or if we are personalizing this, since the Apostle has written to the Roman Christians and we're applying it to all Christians, which I would agree is, is appropriate, something of ours. What is that? Latreon. And this is going to be one of those that I don't know if you'll really have fun, but I did. So you should have fun with this. What? Okay, hold on to it. Now you have the word, but you haven't parsed it, right? Okay, cool. So by looking it up on Wave, you parsed it quickly. Yeah. And again, if you've got <laughs> an iPhone, <laughs> it's just a whole lot easier to do that. But hey, 
I'm not trying to, you know, represent Apple here. I have no monetary interest in Apple. Wish I had a monetary interest in Apple, but I don't. So wave at me when you've got it. Okay? You say you think? You got it? Joy, you there? Okay. So what's the word? Service or worship. Interesting. Service. What does service mean? No. Or worship. Can't define it with the same word if you're trying to differentiate them. So what does service mean? Okay. It is to serve. And to serve is to do something for another party, right? So service is, is that which we do for another party. And then there's worship. Now, how, how is service worship? Not a trick question. Okay. How many of you have had a spiritual health assessment? Remember, individual versus corporate. This is individual. This is precisely what we mean when we talk about individual. However, interestingly enough, is anybody reading a deeper source giving you more information? I recognize right now we're, we're, we're doing the more surface stuff. Pardon? What did you say? I said regulations for worship. Regulations for worship. Now, that's interesting. How could, how could this service be regulations for worship? What context would you have regulations for worship? What? Corporate. Because when we get together, we don't just do this big anarchical whatever, right? And they really didn't because you could get killed for doing the wrong thing in their services. You offer a profane animal, you're going to be executed in ancient Israel. So, yeah, there's, there's rules. And that's one of the reasons why there's these people who know the rules who do this stuff on our behalf. It's our worship, our service, but who presents it for us? The priest, because the priest knows how to do it and is pure. Because he's purified himself. Okay? We're talking ancient Israel. We're not talking Christianity. Now, you've got both the connotation of the individual worship, but then you also have corporate worship. And in fact, does anybody see the root word of this or the lexical form? What? Say again? 
With a, are you starting with a, a P? Latreo. Okay. Okay. Does anybody see the verb form? That is a verb form. But it's not the one I'm fishing for. Because we have a word that we're familiar with that comes from a, one of the verb forms. Hmm? Well, and that is actually the meaning of the word I'm fishing for, but still fishing for the word. Okay. I'll, I'll just end the fishing expedition because to get this, we're gonna, this is where we go into like little kittle or beyond. If you do that, you're going to see a study of la trail. The verb, la treo, or letorgeo. Letorgeo. Say again? Which is where we get the word liturgy. And a liturgy is an order of worship service matching the rules, consistent with those rules. Not because it's legalistic, but because it is holy. And we don't want to do anything that would be offensive because we're offering this to God. When you hear the word liturgy, what do you think of? Clergy. Is it a positive or negative word in your in your minds or thoughts? Yours is negative? For me, it should be positive because it's a kind of a universal... Okay. Is it positive or is it should be positive to you? I am not offended by... Okay. Is it positive or should it be positive? I don't know is a, a fair answer. <laughs> I believe the judge would rule those non-responsive. I'm finding myself wanting to defend everything I'm going to say or give an example. Right, and, and all I'm asking is yes or no. I hate giving yes or no without... Yes. I need to use two more Look, I just used one. Okay, Mark? Positive or negative? Positive. Okay. Good. Leslie? Positive or negative? Liturgy. The word. Or neutral? No, I don't. You, you have to say one of those. Positive? Okay. Tim? Okay. Debbie? Negative? 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 Hey, I'm a former Jesus freak. You want to take a guess? <laughs> See, here's the thing. Your experience is what's going to define that, which is why I kept pushing for just one or the other. It's not right or wrong. But if I started asking, I guarantee you it would be rooted in your experience, uh, your perception of what that word represents in your mind, in your history. When I came to the Lord, I had been in church services before, 
They were 100% meaningless and even hypocritical, even if they were following the rules. I had many friends who were Roman Catholics. They were way liturgical. And they would take me in and show me all the rules, and then we'd go back and get stoned behind the whatever sacristy, you know. Because not one of them really believed any of it. But they went through it very faithfully because that was like a family identity thing. Okay? By the way, the same thing applies to my great-grandfather and his snake-handling church. We think liturgy, we think high church. But liturgy is simply order of service. And they had one, and it was pretty much the same. And it culminated with a lot of music, dancing, and poisonous snakes being passed around. Positive or negative? (laughs) See, I mean, to me, I'm looking at that going, no, this isn't positive or negative. This is nuts. These people are crazy people. Well, just because they weren't using the correct yeah, you're back to that trying to descend that thing, aren't we? Yeah. Irrelevant. The point is, we're talking our experiences. That's what defines that for us. And when we see a word like that, we're going to have that. It's called connotation. Not the same as denotation, but it is as or more powerful in conveying meaning. So to you, connotation is good. If you have a, um, uh, a neighbor who is crazy lady, she's one of those with like 50 cats, you know, I think if you've got one, you're crazy lady. This is 50, okay? So the place stinks, and every time she sees you, she yells and screams in this really high, brittle voice that hurts your ears, even though you don't know what she's really yelling and screaming. And you just look at her like, well, good morning, crazy lady, you know. And her name's Donna, and she's lived next to you your whole life. So what does the word Donna dredge up for you, positive or negative? You think? (laughs) You're living next to crazy lady Donna, okay. Now, I've been married (laughs) to a Donna... I wasn't pointing at you. No, no, I was thinking you'd be listening. I want to make sure that you're pointing at me. If Crazy Lady Donna is listening, I'm already in trouble. (laughs) However, the one that some of you might be thinking of, almost equally crazy, she's a dog person, not a cat person. I find that still just, I'm sorry. I can't go there. But my connotation of her because we've been happily married 39-ish years. 39 out of 42 is pretty stinking good. I love that woman. So when I hear the word Donna, what is, what is my emotional reaction? Very positive. See, the very name, just the name, conjures things up in us. It's involuntary. The reason that's important is because we then, if we're not careful, involuntarily read something into this text. And we've got to pull ourselves back for a minute and say, okay, I have come to the point where, even though I know the root of that word, 
That word is extraordinarily powerful to me. But if you say to me, hey, Randy, liturgy, positive or negative, it will be negative 100% of the time. Because that's just my background. That's my roots. Okay? It's not, it's not an academic thing. I would agree probably with every argument you would put forward. But those are not my roots. That's not my life experience. So that's not what I'm going to feel when I hear the word. So I have to go to my head and remember, no, that's a whole different thing. This is the service of worship that we offer to God. And the Hebrew worship combined, it was both individual and corporate. But the expectation was clearly the individual would be dominant and would then inform the corporate. The corporate was an expression of the individual worship. Hence, Isaiah is saying, what's with this trampling of my courts? Who asked you for the burnt offerings? Get out of here. Learn mercy. Learn the meaning of justice. Then bring your offerings. Don't get the individual stuff taken down. All of that is wrapped up in that word. And Paul is saying to people who had a sense of this, this is your logical, reasonable Order of worship, means of worship, approach to worship. And the more you dig into that, the more that's going to have meaning for you. But it's going to start personalizing. Okay? Now, Paul didn't leave that alone. So, we're going to take a short break. I'm going to erase all of that. Just like that, it all goes away. Brian... Would you please come up and do some uh, vocab with the group? Do you need the vocab? Do you have it? No. Okay. Let me get you. There's that one. That's a lot of them. We haven't gone over that recently. Oh, yeah. So, I'm going to put up another passage while he's doing that. Pay attention to him, not me. Please. Uh, and we'll go in order because the first two words we have to get in the
what language are we looking at? What language are Anybody need a break? 
I'll shut the door, but you and I are two of the three in here that are smelling that. So it's up to you. Okay. All right, everybody got it? So now, you tell me, if you want to study this passage, you don't have a study guide from anybody. No smart aleck preachers giving you a list saying you better look that up. How do you decide how to utilize the skills that you have gained to study this? Where do you start? Okay, so you would first start with, okay, what does the retext say? Now, you guys are, are right on the border. You can do it. You, we just spent an hour and a half doing it, all right? Three weeks ago, you couldn't. Four weeks ago. You were at the point there where you would look up word by word by word by word. But now you're at a point where you can actually go to the text to do that. I encourage that. I think that's a good way to do it. You can, if you wish, for example, look at this and say, hmm, do not be conformed to this world. In fact, I'm reading out of New American Standard. It's even got a, a footnote for world, and it says age. So maybe I want to look that word up and figure out what that's about because they've got that interesting footnote. I might get keyed to something in English. Or I can start with the Greek. The more you study the Greek, the more if you start with it, words will pop out to you that may or may not have popped out through the English anyway. For example, what words, not, not in this passage necessarily, you don't see this, what words might pop to you if you saw them in Greek now? Would have meaning to you? What's a word that might? Agape, or acapaho. Okay. Big word in our faith, right? What's another big word in our faith? Kyrios. The Lord himself. What else? Tim's word. I'm not familiar. Is that toss, yota? Parkalo. or parkalo. Okay. All right, parkalo, parkalo. Very big word, especially in terms of us living out our faith. What's another one? Hagios, holy. Both because it describes us and because it describes who we're supposed to be. Can you think of any others? Pistis, thank you. I was really hoping someone would say that. <laughs> Pistis, the faith, our faith itself. Um, and then that, of course, opens other doors like grace, kindness, of forgiveness, which I'm not going to dwell on because, you know, that's my sermon Sunday. Don't want to steal my own thunder there. And there's one word for me that has always been extremely meaningful 
because of a word study I did on it 40 years ago. And that word's on the board. But we don't know what it is yet because you haven't done that word study yet. So we're going to the Greek text. Is there anything that jumps at you? Other than the fact there's some stinking long words up there. You might want to pay attention to those long words and sound them out because they might jump at you once you do. I got it. Ah! So you see metamorphoste. That was in celebration of my pronunciation. Whoop, whoop, whoop. That's black. I want the green. Underline it with the green. There we go. Metamorphoste. And use what English word? Metamorphosis. Okay. How many of you have heard the word metamorphosis? Obviously, an interesting word. We don't use it a lot. I think butterfly. Do you guys think butterfly? Thank you. I'm not the only butterfly-oriented person. I actually saw uh, a monarch out here last week. I don't see many monarchs anymore. Last week. That's different than this week, I guess. But, you know. Saw one. I said hi to it. It did not respond. Do you see any other words that pop? Or are there any phrases? Because there's one here that, once you get used to it, should pop out to you in terms of indicating meaning. I love your facial expression. What? Salema. That's the accent. What does it mean? I just heard him talking about it while I was writing it up, actually. Telo. What? Will. Will. Okay. So remember. When you see the endings, back yourself up a little bit because you'll mess yourself up a whole lot with those endings and all they are is indicative of grammatical construction or grammatical use. So go to the root. Okay? So yeah, that's will and usually it's will in terms of whose will? God's will. Now there is absolutely zero about that word that has to do with deity. Okay? So what I just shared with you is that's how it's used in the New Testament. So Christians have sort of co-opted that to focus on one of the types of God's will. Because there's numerous. We talked about that in one of our little fun expeditions about two months ago. All right? Is there anything else? Again? Okay. So, how did you find that out? 
Oh yeah, this is verse 2. <laughs> Which is a good reason, by the way, to not have just have it written on paper, but actually have the text, because guess what's right before verse 2? Yes! <laughs> and you see, hey, look, I remember that word. So that's again. Okay, what else? Okay, you know the word and, at least. And's popping up there, so we got and, and we've got and, and we've got and. And it begins with and, because we just got through saying, this is your reasonable service of worship, and, okay, now we're stringing things together. What was the first word of the last verse? Do you remember? Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tim's word. Because therefore was not the first word. Remember, we're talking Greek. And word order is important. So we, it could have been un, so that there, then therefore, just the way we would put it, but Paul didn't do that. Instead, parkalo. He's emphasizing what he's doing, that verb. And, so now the parkalo applies to this. Because he hasn't stopped doing that. Okay? All right, anything else? What is that? Okay? So we're going to say this, but this. What? Humas. Oh, sorry. I'm not harassing and I'm trying to... What? Himas. Okay. So we recognize the pronoun again. Let me show you something you can have a little fun with if you just play with it a little bit. How do you say that? Yeah, there's three letters in front of phone. Agathon. So, Agas, Agas. What does that sound like? Agas. English. Agas. Agatha, which 70, 80 years ago was a popular name. 100 years ago, not, I mean, today, you really wouldn't name your daughter that. Really wouldn't name your son that. But it's a name, right? How many of you have heard the name Agatha? Okay. I remember from the Barney Miller episode. How many of you remember Barney Miller? You remember the weird inspector? I can't remember his last name. He was just a gross old burnout. And he's sitting there bemoaning the fact that he's got a girlfriend that wants to marry him and their name I think was Agatha. I don't want to marry Agatha. And he just does that super pulled out pronunciation. Um, that is indeed where that name came from. We don't know what it means yet, but you're going to. And then you'll know what Agatha means. It actually sort of redeems it a little bit. Not a bad name. There's a lot of names, both men and women, that you will discover in words in the New Testament. Probably the only one in this sentence, but 
Okay? Is there anything else? Is that... Okay. What? What is that? Excuse me. Okay, guys. Where's your teacher? Have you got a teacher? Hey, kids. Come back here. Don't walk away from me. Where's your teacher? Do you have a teacher or are you just out playing? Okay, you go be with an adult right now. Teacher or parent, one or the other. But he started to. I try to be scary with them. They don't understand how scary it is. And culturally, they let the kids just, even in the dark, just run loose on this property. And it's like, I tried to tell them. You have no idea who was just over here. I'm, I'm scared to death we're going to be reading about that one some morning. Okay, where were we? Where were we talking about scenes? That's, by the way, the one that pops to me, one of those words that is that powerful. Okay. But I'm going to tell you what it is. So if you don't know, that means you might want to look it up. And in this context, by the way, it's really fascinating use. Okay, so... Now, and you've got the English in front of you, right? So what are you going to do? What's the next step in studying this passage? Anybody want to just, you know, risk it? I promise I will not allow Brian to bite you. What have we spent most of our time doing in this class? Working with the original language. How? What? Looking up words. Perhaps we should apply said skill. What words? Either because you see something up there that looks really interesting, or because you've got the English text in front of you, what words might you choose to look up? So don't see schematisa, but instead metamorphosa. Don't do that, do that. Which means you might want to look both of them up. Now, I've got a pretty obvious thing here. It says, don't be conformed, but be transformed. How many of you could right now explain what that means?
transform you. Right. And what's what's the difference between conform and transform? Well, conform is like go with what everybody else is doing. Okay. Okay. So the English words themselves give us something. Now you've got to decide, does that give me enough? It may. If you go deeper, you're going to find a deeper shade of meaning. Will it be worth it for you? I don't know. I liked it. But then I have fun, and I see you guys not having fun sometimes. So, let's go some table stuff. And you two, Joy and Leslie, might want to gather your resources, or if you wish to be solo, you can still do that. But everybody else has, has got more than one. I would like you two, table one over here, to look that up. Okay? Now remember, when you look something up, you're looking up two different things. What are those two things you're looking up? General things. Represented, for example, by two books sitting on your table. Okay, one of them is the parsing of the word, and the other one is? Yeah, the definition of the word. So you're going to look that up. Would you two please look up that which has put, been put in opposition? Metamorphosta. Okay? Now, that leaves you guys. Let's split you right down the middle. Because after all, there's four of you. Looking at the English, is there anything else that jumps to you that you might want to explore? go backwards, because you're starting with an English word, find the Greek word, and then do the same thing, right? So you're going to do testing. What are you going to do? You guys go ahead and get started. Remember, he's got a stash of things underneath that table. They're doing testing. They're starting with an English word, which we haven't identified. So what do you want to do? Someone recently, for example, said there's several different types of will of God. Right? So what exactly does that mean? Okay, go for it. Dive in. You guys have got 20 minutes. 
shouldn't take you that long, but hey. Which one are you looking for? A strong. Yeah. Um, Kim, would you look at your wife a strong's in T6, please? Yeah, you have to get out first. Okay, you guys cruising? You good? Well, I did it after you're done. Just right. It's got lots of letters. <laughs> And they're all small in those stupid books that you're looking in. Okay. And that's why starting with this works a whole lot better. Because once you find the exact word, then you go over here and you get exactly the form to look up. Right. And you're not looking up different words. You're looking up one word. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you may not find the different words that make up a compound word. So you guys are you're doing okay so far? Okay. You guys are doing well because this is the send your husband to get a book table. Which one are you looking for? Um, that I did think. I just didn't think of Strong's. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to step down the restroom real quick. Brian, would you? Yeah, I'll walk around. Yeah. I'll just leave it for you. Okay. I lost everything. Thank you.